Tucked into a corner just about 10 minutes from ASU's Tempe campus is the Hall of Flame Museum, dedicated to teaching the world history of firefighting. Open from 9 to 5 most days of the week, it is a great place to go when you want a fresh and unique perspective on the world around you. As I walked through the galleries full of huge and ornate fire trucks, I learned more than I could have possibly imagined. Hi, my name is Mark Moorhead, and I am the Curator of Education here at the Hall of Flame Museum of Firefighting. We are the largest historical firefighting museum in the world. We try to trace the social and technological history of fire and firefighting, but we try to trace it all the way back to the bucket and how people fought fires when that was all they had to fight fires with, pretty much. So is that essentially why the Hall of Fame was created, to bring the historical awareness and understanding of what firefighting is? That is absolutely why it was created, although the short answer to that is it was just created because fire trucks are cool. What do you think are the most interesting or important exhibits here? My favorite is Gallery 1, which is 19th century and earlier hand and horse drawn. The human ingenuity that developed to control fire is something that you can just see manifested in our collection as you walk through and you see all these clever innovations that were made. To me, that's something that makes me feel inspired about human creativity. And you mentioned that innovation and that creativity. Do you think it's important for students that are at ASU number one in innovation to come here? Our whole collection is a history of innovation. We like to say here that you can make the argument that the history of civilization is the history of firefighting. That kind of step one for human beings is, ah, here's fire. Here's all this cool stuff you can do with it. It's kind of what human beings have instead of fangs and claws and fur you know, is fire. And it's what Prometheus snuck us from the gods and hooked us up with. But the other side of that is, uh uh-oh, here's what happens the minute you let fire get out of control. Most cultures have some version of the proverb that fire is a good servant but a bad master. And so you can make the argument that the whole history of civilization is keeping fire a servant and not letting it become a master. And we show how that was done at a really high level of ingenuity. When you think about the great cities of the world, New York and Chicago and Tokyo and Shanghai and San Fran and London, most of them at a certain point probably weren't all that much bigger than downtown Tempe because they couldn't be because once or twice a decade, quarter or a third of your city would burn down. Mm-hmm. These devices were the beginning of the process that allowed huge metropolitan areas to grow, for better or for worse. Controlling fire was an essential part of that. And it, it's not to say that big city fires didn't happen. Of course, everybody's heard of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Here at the museum, <laughs> we have a rig that fought the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. You had a real shot at controlling that. And so it, it, it was something that enabled cities to get bigger and to expand, become more centralized. So, And when people started leaving the rural areas and moving to the urban areas, it became more and more important to be able to do that. What's your favorite story to tell about well, the Well, the, the way the museum was founded was really cool. It was founded in the state of Wisconsin, and it was a man by the name of George Getz, his wife, a nice lady <laughs> named Olive Getz, gave him a fire truck as a Christmas present in 1955 American La France from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and he loved it. He'd never been a firefighter. He was just kind of interested in it. He loved it, and he gave his kids and neighborhood kids rides in it and stuff like that, and he became a reserve firefighter in this little town of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, but he also became, I guess the kind word would be, interested in fire trucks, and he started to collect more and more and more of them. And in a very short time, 1961, just five, six years, he had enough to start a small museum in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And some crony of his said he should call it the Hall of Flame. Thought that was very funny, so they did. And I always point out that we're one of the very few museums in the world that can claim that our, our name is a pun.
pun. He also developed a very serious interest in the history of firefighting, fire safety, fire technology, and that kind of drove the museum out here to Arizona in the 60s or 70s. We've been in this location since 1973, and in that time, the, the his interest was serious enough that it actually has grown into the largest museum of its kind in the world. There are about 200 firefighting museums in the country and many in other countries as well. It's a very popular genre of museums, I guess you'd say. But we are, as far as we know at least, we're the biggest in the world. Hello, my name is Claudia. I'm a museum studies major, junior here at Arizona State University. And I am a docent and front desk assistant at the Hall of Flame Firefighting Museum. What's your favorite part about working at the Hall of Flame? My favorite part is when people come in, we get to do a little spiel about the museum. Just a bunch of like fun facts that I've memorized. I can tell you that we are over 35,000 square feet. We have 90 apparatus in the gallery at any time. And we have a patch collection of over 7,200 from departments all over the world. Most of the time, it's people that are really passionate about firefighting, you know, the retired firefighters and their family. So giving them this information, you know, this resource. And then they, you know, go and touch things and I have to tell them, please don't touch the fire trucks. <laughs> you know, it's great. As an ASU student, why do you think it's important to visit the Hall of Flame? I think with a lot of small museums, they focus on like untold stories, it really brings to light this culture that you don't really hear of a lot. Like you don't know a lot about firefighter culture unless you're a volunteer firefighter or you have firefighters in your family. So coming to see how their history has kind of shaped everyone's history because as a public servant they do so much for everyone else and coming and knowing and appreciating that I think is something that everyone should do because you just get to expand your knowledge your personal knowledge and also your cultural knowledge and I mean I think there's nothing more fun than memorizing really interesting niche facts about like fire history <laughs> well and along with that what's the most interesting thing you've learned oh my god okay so but right behind the front desk there is this very large fire apparatus from I think 1886. It is huge and it takes 50 men to pump. And when <laughs> I first got there, Pat, who was training me, he told me that the murals around the middle were the original ones from when it was in operation. Because when we received it, it had white around the inside and our restorer, Don Hale, was cleaning that and he found those underneath. So it was really a hidden treasure moment. And it's one of the most like authentic pieces of fire history that no one really thinks about, you know, the older wooden rigs with, you know, the metal tires and hand-pulled or horse-pulled. They think of, like, you know, the, the beautiful machines with, you know, the, the hand-painted decoration and the, the siren. And there was so much before that. So knowing that prehistory, I think, is really important. And it's something that I enjoy doing, for sure. For the State Press, I'm Mackenzie Marcello.